news out of the obstacle racing scene want to stay up to date on the freshest info the latest podiums and hear interviews with the who's who and ocr well you've come to the wrong place well some of that you'll find here but we're not the media this is not orm ocm ocrm orcm this is ocr talk Hello, this is Jason Dupree. And Anna Landry. And Will Hicks. And this is OCR Talk, Season 4, Episode 2. 2? 3? 3. 3. 3. <laughs> Apparently, I have not made a new page for in my OneNote for this. So, uh, episode 3, we do have Will Hicks with us because... Uh, Will has run a race recently, and as we tend to do, we like talking about our our races that we've been doing, even if it's not OCR, because it's all sort of a little bit related, especially when it's trail racing. And so Will didn't think it really fit to put it in OCR report or World's Toughest Podcast. So I decided to invite him and have him over for for ours, since that's kind of what we typically do here. Thanks for coming, Will. Thank you, Jason. Very kind to have me. Again, not an interview. I may ask you questions, but (laughs) it's never an interview. (laughs) That's kind of the you've had you've had a few guests, but you don't do interviews, yeah. is that right? Only yeah. one. That was Nick Nick yeah. Riker. I feel like there's been two. Yes, there's you, been two. Uh, oh, the Lions guy. Well, that Battle, was Battle an, Battle oh Sid and uh, David. That was supposed to be a conversation too, but Anna didn't make it. And I mean, I had technical difficulties at work. There was also there was also in our very first season, uh, Diasato after he went to Enduro in Australia. Yeah. Again, oh, we talked about it. We didn't. <laughs> I didn't interview him. Just so I'm clear, the difference between an interview and a conversation is Anna shows up. No, no. The an interview is just you know like you've got preset. Like I'm going to ask these questions. We're going to get this information. This is more of a casual conversation. Like you are a very good interview. Off the cuff. Yeah, you got your questions laid out. Like we don't do that. Preparation. One note. What's that? Interview versus. I'm, Conversation I made is bullet points for my uh, <laughs> yeah for your non-interview <laughs> level of professionalness is the deciding factor. So I, I enjoy listening to your guys' show because I know exactly what I'm going to get every single time. Um, <laughs> Which is you don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> so no, it's like a conversation. It's a couple people talking yeah. about OCR. So you guys are doing that before anybody else, and uh, it's very relaxing. It's not intense. It's like, hey, what's uh, Jason Allen up to? Yeah, I enjoy it. Thanks. There's a a gaming podcast I listen to. It's like the almost the exact same format. And it's the same thing. It's like they give some news. They talk about what they've been playing. And then they just talk about it all. And it's, uh, it's I enjoy it as well. So, Anna, your peaks, I think, are getting high. So try not to yell and, and shout. I don't know how it's going to sound on the back end. Okay, I'll try and tone it down a little bit. There you go. Stay calm. <laughs> Well, let's uh, try to kick, get this going quickly so that we can let Will go take his kids home and everything. Uh, first thing we need to do is just say we are a part of the OCR Report family podcast. Will, do you anything you would like to say about that while we're talking about it? Like, 
you started that. You started the OCR report and you brought these other groups in. Uh, it was my idea, but it's not like I do all the work. Um, you know, you guys have your show uh, every month or so, and Mike and Caitlin have theirs every week, and I have mine when stuff is going on. And uh, it's, you know, it's been great. We have Kim who just started her show, and Heather who's taking a break right now, but she has her show. And we all, we all kind of do our own things. It's not like anyone's given direction from on high, like this is what you need to do. And, um, but we, you know, we work together and we cover events together and we have, you know, our group chat and we, you know, kind of plug each other's shows and Hey, did you hear what these guys talked about last week? So no, I enjoy it. OCRreport.com. Um, I have two podcasts, which is a bad idea. I don't recommend <laughs> it, especially when like 90% of the audience is exactly the same, but I, I host world service podcast where we talk about any obstacle course race you'd like, as long as it's world stuff is mutter and the OCR report where we talk about everything else. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Two podcasts. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to get out of doing one now. <laughs> um, like how you casually slip that in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always think about it. It's like, can I stop doing this yet? <laughs> or am I on the hook for the, for forever? How many episodes are you up to get? No. Uh, 62 or so, somewhere in there. Not a lot. I mean, four years. Once you hit like a hundred, four. We're in the four years is a long time, but yeah, once you hit like a hundred or a thousand or some you know nice round number like that, call it there. You got like nine hundred and forty (laughs) left. And we have together we have uh, a threadless store, the ocrreport.threadless.com, where we've got all our merch. Sophia just messaged to get into the uh, giveaway, and she said that she just bought something and said it was nice, high quality. Nice. So she also she just it, uh, she also just entered the Endure Elite giveaway as well. That, I don't know. If right, that's that. what I was yep. referring to. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, pretty awesome. I, I need to find out which uh, which item she bought, which shirt she bought, and see see what it looks like. Good job, Sophia. I'm pulling for you. Hope you win. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do the giveaway real quick. Um, we've got uh, a can of Perform Elite to give away. No shirts or anything at the moment, but. I've got the wheel, and I don't. I can't show it to you guys again. Spin that wheel. I'll listen. Spin that wheel. I don't know if you'll be able to hear it. Even that's the sad part. No clickety clackety, and not no sound effects even. I know. I really want y'all to be able to see it. I don't. Anna can do a wheel. Anna, Anna, what does a wheel sound like? And what does the prize wheel sound like? I don't know. Well, I I add the sound in post, but I just want y'all to see it and be part of the excitement of who it lands on. Very exciting, Jason. But what we would have to like do Skype as well or something. I don't know because I can't. How many? Uh, how many entrants do we have this week? Three. <laughs> so the only way that you take to enter is you put in you comment on our post for the episode, which is on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, Sophia commented. Well, she actually sent a message. Um, Ronnie commented, and Sid commented on his own episode. So, so he's in there Sid. as well. So okay. we've got three three entrants. Y'all ready? Can't Here wait. we go. Sid can only win if I get in entry to Battle of the Lions. Here it goes. <laughs> Sid wins. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Um, I forgot to increase the timer, so it takes longer to happen. But I still put a bunch of them, so it was like the slices are like half an inch <laughs> thick. Anyway. 
I gotta, I gotta imagine everyone listening to this is like, like half as excited about hearing the description <laughs> as we are, and we're like, I can see you on video. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what you're gonna get, like you said, when you listen to this. <laughs> That's not what I. Well, that's the uh, that's our intro. Um, we will go straight into talking about, you know, we usually talk about what we've been doing lately, you know, training, racing wise. But that's kind of what this episode is about. So we're going to talk about, Will, you've had a race recently. I had a an event recently. And Anna, you actually got to go to Spartan Jacksonville and be at a real race. So I want to yeah. talk about that a little bit as well. So let's just jump right into it. Will... Let's start with you. What race did you do? It's not an interview. So I did a local race in San Diego called the Ranch 50K. And this is the first race back or first race since COVID, like live in-person race in Southern California. So they've they've tried to, they've had it scheduled for about a month, but because of COVID, the local authorities were like, yeah, you can't do that. In fact, the state of California told there's there's some local race organizations, tra- trail running groups that um, you know hold these races, put on the volunteers, put on the races, and the state of California said, "Yeah, you're not doing any races all year on any of our you know state forests." The U.S. Forest Service said they asked them. They said, "Hey, can we do races on you know U.S. you know federal land?" And they said, "Maybe. Let's. Why don't you hold one race? We'll see how it goes. We'll be on site to evaluate it." And if everything feels safe, if, you know, if just let's just see how it goes and hold one race. And if it goes well, then we'll give you permission to use our land for more races. Nice. So this was kind of a uh, they've held the race before, but this was kind of a pilot like post COVID pilot race to see, you know, if, if, if it could be done. Uh, so they told us this, you know, in the pre-race material they email you like they didn't say it in so many words. But it was basically like everyone be on your best behavior. You know, everyone wear masks, everyone behave so because if this goes good then we can do more so as far as you know safety protocols you had a start time you had had, had to pick your bib up beforehand although some people waited till the morning of uh you you're they gave you a start time and you weren't allowed to show up until 30 minutes before that start time to check in and then they had waves of 10 people starting every five minutes Mm. So the first wave, I think, started at 7 o'clock and then 7.05 and then 7. And I think they had waves going. I, I left My wave was at 7.30, but it looked like they had waves scheduled until 8.30. Wow. So for, for the 50K, I don't know exactly how many how many runners there were because there was also a half marathon. And the half marathon runners were kind of sprinkled in among the 50Kers. Most of them started later, but there were some earlier. Um, for the 50K, you had a 10-hour time cutoff, five hours for each. For each lap, the reason there was two laps. It was a fifteen point a fifty k is thirty one point six miles, mm-hmm. so which is just you know a five k times ten. So then the the course was two laps of a fifteen point eight mile loop. So and you had five hours to do each loop basically. Mm-hmm. So when you when you finished your first loop, if you weren't done with five hours, you got pulled off the course. The second loop, if you finished after ten hours, you were a DNF. So that was the course. There were three aid stations about every five miles. Uh, nice. It was fun. I've, I've done some non OCR ultras before, but I want to say I've done three, but I think I've only done two. I can't remember the third one, but the, the main one I remember is one year ago, this exact the same weekend, March 6th, 7th, that weekend 
it was a 50 mile or a 24 hour race. And that's right. You it were was going on, for 50 miles, right? Yeah. That's when I got my first 50, which was pretty exciting, but it was on a, like a two mile looped course. Hmm. So it was, it was very, it was very format. It's very similar to what, you know, we've, I'm used to with world's toughest motor, just with a really small loop. And so you, you always had your pit, st- your, you know, your pit area set up back of the start line. And so this is my first really like ultra where you're out there. I mean, yeah, it was a loop, but it wasn't like you could count on restocking or anything. Cause you were gone for, you know, hours before you got to make it back to your, uh, your pit area. So, right. In fact, no one really had pit areas. It was just there were three aid stations, and those were what you used for the course. Cool. Yeah. How how did you uh, feel about the aid stations? I know we talk about those a lot and how they're so different than OCR. Yeah. So with OCR with an aid station, you come up and it's water. Uh, if you're lucky, there's some tailwind or some Gatorade. Yeah. And then maybe bananas, like half a banana, right? Right. And then if there's <laughs> the only other exception to this, sometimes there's a sponsor, like if Cliff Bar is sponsoring Tough Mudder or whoever, Spartan or whoever. Maybe you'll have like a broken, like, cl- like a chunk of a cliff bar in a little plastic cup, <laughs> yeah. like that. And that's I'm not exaggerating. That's like what we expect, and right. that's what I know as a kind of going from OCR into, into doing some trail running. So every five miles on this this course, they have these aid stations set up, and it's like three ten by ten pop ups with like a buffet, <laughs> like a smorgasbord. There's water. There's tailwind. There's Gatorade. There's Coke. There's pickles, there's sandwiches, there's <laughs> Kit Kat bars, there's M&Ms, there's, there's peanuts, there's bananas, there's orange slices. I, Oreos? I can't, grapes, Oreos. Oreos. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not exact. Every single thing I just listed was on these tables. <laughs> and so, I'm, you know, I'm running, starting my race, doing five miles, and I'm doing fine. And come up to the first aid station, feeling pretty good. But I'm like, yeah, I should get something to drink. You know, it's an, I don't know when the next aid station is. And I see this just buffet laid out in front of me. And I was kind of like, oh, da 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 And I'm kind of like. Gotta get something. Yeah. And then you kind of forget there's a race going on. And you're like, wow, this is delicious. Like, don't mind if I do. It's like a snack bar. So then, yeah. So then I'm like, oh, I got I guess I got to keep running. I got a cutoff. I got to think about and as I'm leaving the aid station, I'm kind of jogging out, jogging away, and I like kind of feel my stomach, and I'm like, "Oh, that was that was not a good decision." And this is my first aid station. I just, I just started the race. I'm like an hour, two hours in. Like anyway, but but yeah, it was great. Like I kind of figured out the aid station thing as I went. Um, but like anything else, like you get started wrong, and you gotta kind of like mm. deal with that mistake the rest of the race. And uh, you know, by the end, I was just kind of grabbing some tailwind and maybe a, a, a Kit Kat little chunk of a Kit Kat bar and, and getting out of there. So it was good. Not taking yeah. like a sampler platter with you. <laughs> yeah. No, okay. So yeah, the first time I'm like, Hey, can I take some of this for the road? And then I'm running away and I'm like, you know, I eat the pickle as that. And then I got, I've, I have a handful of trash that I was like, oh, I got to, I had to carry that for five miles. Yeah. I was like, what am I going to do with this? There's no garbage. It's, it's you know, you're in the, somewhere. You're in the wilderness. Yeah. Yeah. Did they, um, I was, was going to ask. <laughs> Um, this is an interview. Did, at the at the uh, the the twenty four hour one that you did, where it was a two mile loop, did they have a big buffet? Okay, so they did, but I went into that one planning it like a miniature world's toughest mutter. Like I had all of my stuff that I would bring for world's. Stu- okay. like, and the cool thing about that was that that one race, and with and it, the cool thing about trail running as opposed to OCR running, is that the f- because it's so much cheaper to hold a trail race they can have a trail race with much smaller fields 
uh, than an OC. Like Spartan needs thousands and thousands of people to make a race profitable, right? A trail race, just to make first money. of all, they're, yeah. Yeah, they, they're not trying to make money, probably. Most trail races are just, not all, but most trail races are just, you know, volunteers that love running and they're like, hey, let's get our friends together and let's cover our costs kind of thing. And also, uh, like, like yeah. a year ago, the field was, there might have been 100 people, 120 people. And we had one start wave and we just all went at the same time and everyone took a shot of fireball before, before like five <laughs> minutes before the race and go. I don't know how big, honestly, I don't know how big this field was because we were so spread out over an hour and a half that I didn't ever, ever see anybody all together. But I don't, Jason, I don't remember what your question was. It's not an interview though, so I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, about the, the two mile race, you said it actually Oh had, yeah, yeah. Um, they did have a, they did have, have a big buffet, spread. But you had all your own stuff. But yeah, I brought my own cause I was kind of yeah. planning on it and I didn't, I was like, oh man, what happens if I eat? eggs you know in the middle of a run i don't even know what that's <laughs> going to do to my body i had no idea so i was like i don't want to mess with that i'll never forget on that that run a run a year ago i was it was a 24-hour race so i wasn't i didn't care about 24 hours I, want, I just wanted to get 50 miles and it was the middle of the night it was like 3 a.m something like that and i'm coming through so every two miles you're going coming through the start area going through you know the and it little computer pops up like how many miles how many laps you finished and i was at 46 miles and I asked the lady at the uh, timing tent, I was like, hey, do you get anything special for running 50 miles? Like, is there a special medal or is there, because not everyone's doing 50 miles. Like, uh, I was pretty excited. Yeah. Here, it was my first 50 miler. <laughs> yeah. She's like, no. She's like, actually, you know what? You're on 50 miles. We'll give you a burrito, like a breakfast burrito. I was like, you know what? Into the race. That sounds pretty good. So, and I was like hobbling by then, right? I had, I had 46 miles down. I had four miles left. I'm, I'm not, I'm just, I'm literally hobbling, trying to just knock out, finish these first last eight miles or last four miles. I do, you know, one more lap, 48 miles, like, see those burritos, look, you know, finish my last lap. And I'm like thinking of this burrito the entire way in. I get in and I'm like, yeah, 50. Yeah. And everyone's like, hey, good job. 50 miles. And I was like, hey, where are the burritos? Like, oh, we just gave out the last one. <laughs> so oh. disappointed. So oh. disappointed. I went it to my car and slept. tasted that good anyway. Yeah, it would have been the best burrito I've ever had in my life. <laughs> yeah, I have the a last... hard time eating after ultras, though. I have a hard time, like, immediately after. Yeah, right after I, I finished this. Feeling. Right after I finished this, they had burrito burritos at this race, the the Ranch 50K last week, and like these were like Chipotle. These weren't like little breakfast burritos. These were like Chipotle burritos, like those kind of obscenely large ones. Yeah. And they're like, hey, you want a burrito? And I was like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> Yeah, did you, um, yeah, the, the race I did recently, they had uh, quesadillas and grilled cheese sandwiches and all kinds of stuff. At this you one, know, yeah, yeah. Did, it's, it's got to be stuff go that goes down easy, right? Like, you yeah. can't have guacamole and, you know, black beans and rice kind of no. yeah. carne asada. That's just too much. Actually, the last ultra that I did down in Louisiana, they that's what got me turned on to a, a bottle of whiskey, some Basil Hayden's whiskey. <laughs> Because they they were handing out shots of whiskey to all the ultra runners. I'm very new to this ultra running thing, and I'm not good at it. But I'm kind of noticing that it seems like, and maybe I'm wrong, and an ultra runner listening could probably tell me, but it seems like they have this thing for whiskey. Yeah. Because like this one race last year, like every I'm not joking, they had shots of Fireball, which is this like cinnamon whiskey. And they're all right, everyone. And it was optional. You didn't have to do it. And I was like, I'm not, I, I have no idea what that's going to do to my stomach before a run. I'm no way. But 90% of the people are like, yeah. Anyway. I don't know. There's all something right. to it. There's, there really is something to it there. <laughs> I, I, and I mean, it, it kind of like gives you that warm and fuzzy feeling inside. 
So, you know, kind of rejuvenates you a little bit. I feel it coming right back up. getting Anna's peaks high again. Oh, sorry. I'm talking about whiskey. I'm all excited. <laughs> what, what kind of trail uh, was it? Was it like wooded or like along the coast? It, it was, you know, so I'm in San Diego. It was not in view of the ocean. It was kind of inland, uh, a little town near a town called Escondido in Southern California. Uh, but it was in the mountains. It was there was elevation. I was six thousand some feet for the you know the whole course. That's pretty good. It, yeah, uh, that's crazy. You know, we we just ran uh, the event that I did. We ran about that far, and it was about that much. And it went over a few mountains. Of course, that was in Arkansas, where the mountains aren't as high. But yeah, that's pretty good elevation. It was. I enjoyed it. The you know, it was two laps of a course. So the second time through, I kind of knew. I didn't, I didn't remember everything. I kind of recognized like, oh, this is where an aid station is coming up pretty soon. Or, oh, here comes that big hill from last time. So I kind of had that, mm-hmm. those as markers in my head. But I knew there was one, uh, there were two big hills in the last mile and a half before the, the finish line. Mm-hmm. And I had finished one of them. I was really tired. And then I was looking at like the cutoffs. And I was like, I need, to, I need to step up my pace here. And I was coming up the second hill and have you ever run a race where you just start you like you know you're gonna throw up? Like you're just just from running or just from hiking or going up <laughs> elevation. And you're like and you know that feeling you know what I'm talking about? Maybe I've it's after like nauseous, a hard workout. Yes. Yeah, it's like nausea. And like maybe it's because like you've been maybe you're overhydrated or maybe you're dehydrated. Uh, I've had it when I was overhydrated before, like where you drink water and it just kind of, you can hear it like sloshing around in there. It's not, it's not doing anything for your body, right? It's just sloshing around somewhere in there. (laughs) This one I was under, I was dehydrated and I'm coming up this hill. And as I'm coming up the hill, I can tell, like, I just pushed it like a little too much. And I'm like, oh man, I'm and I'm looking at my, my Garmin to see, I have exactly one mile left. I was like, I don't want to stop and throw up now. Cause if you, once you stop and throw up, like <laughs> your legs start cramping and then like, who knows, like it, it's not just like a quick 30 second thing. It might be like a 30 minute thing. And I was like, I don't have time for that. And also this, these are public trails that we're running on. We're, we're doing, we're doing a race on them. They're not usually like a Spartan or a Tough Mudder. It's like on a private property, right? You don't think about this, but anyone out there at a Spartan or Tough Mudder is out there to do a Spartan or a Tough Mudder on these most of the most most at least the ones i've done they're on public trails so you'll see random people from the public just out for a you know a sunday afternoon stroll so i'm coming up this hill and i'm feeling terrible i'm like it's coming like i am going to throw up and i see this like mom and her daughter walking toward me the other direction and they have nothing to do with the race they don't know they've never seen me before and i'm like if i fall over and start throwing up right now they're gonna think it's covid they're gonna think this guy is in the middle of the wilderness. He has no mask on and he's, he's got COVID. That's COVID throw up. That's COVID puke. And they've been telling COVID us like, this is an important race. Like be on your best behavior. If this race goes well, the entire state can do more races. Like it all depends on how you guys do. And I'm like, I gotta throw up, but I can't. Cause this lady's here. Like and she's going to think I have COVID. It's like when you're in the supermarket and you got to sneeze and it's like, nope, hold it in. Oh, man, I like ducked down. I was in Target the other day and I had to sneeze and I was looking around. I like went over like by the uh, home appliances or like the coffee makers and bread makers and whatever. And I ducked down behind the aisle and I sneeze real loud. People are like, I saw someone remove their mask and sneeze. I'm like, yeah, of course they did. They don't want to be their own snot. And like, come on, that's disgusting. It's disgusting either way. 
anyway. <laughs> so I, I had a mile left and I get past this. I don't throw up and I get past this lady, but I still feel terrible. And I'm just kind of, I'm trying to figure out where the line is, like where I can keep moving without making myself throw up. You know, like, cause if I run to, if I run at all, I'm going to throw up. And if I stop walking, worse. I'm not going to finish the race. <laughs> so I'm, there's somewhere in between where I need to, so I'm kind of like gingerly trying to get to the finish line the best I can. And I'm fine on my time. I wasn't I cut out as I got closer. I was realized cutouts weren't an issue, but I was, I, I get to, cause this is my second lap now. And I kind of know, I know where the finish line area is. And even if you've been, wa- okay, this is a thing that applies to any race, whether it's trail racing or OCR or road racing, 5Ks, marathons, all, it doesn't matter. You have to run across the finish line, right? Like you can't like stagger. Or, right. You, you, right. Like you've been, maybe, yeah. you, maybe you were walking. <laughs> There's no shame in that game. That's fine. But you got to run across the finish line, right? So I know where the finish line area is. So I start kind of like, all right, yeah, I've been running the whole time. <laughs> I'm running it in. I'm running toward where because this is my second time through, so I know where to go. I know exactly where to go. So I run straight there. It's where they had the third aid station. And so I'm running over there, following the cones, and they're like, "Oh no, no, no! The finish line's over there." It's like, oh, no, "No, I've been running. You don't understand. Oh. I'm about to throw up." So I keep running. You got to keep running. I'm running, and so I was planning on running like running it in like a tenth of a mile. I ended up running it in like three tenths of a mile, and I get across the finish line. <laughs> And I kind of like stagger off to the side and I just kind of like lay on the ground and they're like, yay, good job. Do you want a burrito? And I was like, no, absolutely (laughs) not. That's a terrible idea. Like it wouldn't last. It it wouldn't get past my lips and I'd be throwing it back up and I'm laying on the grass or I'm sitting on the grass and I'm like, I do not feel good. So I lay down, I'm laying on the grass. They send someone over to kind of check on me like, Hey, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just, nauseous and they're like oh, okay yeah yeah, no that happens and i'm laying in the grass and i'm allergic to grass <laughs> and so i'm laying there and i'm like oh this itch is so bad but i can't <laughs> sit up i can't stand up and so i'm just anyway it, um eventually after like half literally like half an hour i could sit up and my wife calls me she's mm-hmm. like are, are you okay she, she, she kind of like tracking me on the whatever i'm like yeah yeah i'm fine i just need to whatever. She's, all right and then I, I maybe 15 minutes later, I finally like staggered to my car and, uh, I brought, you know, those compression pants. Have you guys seen those like Normatec compression pants? They like mm-hmm. blow up and like, it's kind of like a massage yeah. for your legs kind of thing. Yeah. I, I bought a pair of those last black Friday. Yeah. I bought a pair. Amazing purchase. So happy I did. Um, and so I bought, brought them to this race. I'm like, Hey, after I finish my long run, my legs are hurt. I'm going to sit in a chair and I'm going to like massage my legs. It'll feel great. But if I had done that, like I had that sitting in the back of my car, if I had done that, it would have just like started at my feet and like just squeezed all the way up my body and it would have squeezed the vomit right out of me. <laughs> so I didn't do that. I, uh, I changed my shirt and, you know, my shirt had my bib on it. So I kind of throw that in the back of my car and I, I have a, like a neoprene thing you put over your seat after a workout kind of thing to keep the sweat from getting onto your car seat. So I stick that on my car. Not that, you know, it's just, just in case. And then I'm getting into my car and I have an SUV, so I have to step up a little bit. And as I'm stepping up, my right leg starts cramping, just crazy, like insane cramping. And so I'm like, kind of, you kind of shout, you know, like, ah, and you grab it, you reach down, you grab it. And I'm kind of hopping around on my other leg that's still outside of the car. And because I'm putting all this pressure on my other leg, that leg starts cramping up too. 
So I kind of just like flop onto the ground. I'm sitting there and I'm trying to like rub out these legs. I'm still nauseous. I'm still, I feel good. So I'm just sitting there in the dirt, this dirt gravel parking lot. My car is unlocked. The keys are in my car. Anyone could just like, well, I'm not joking. Like a 12 year old girl could have kicked me over and stolen my car. I couldn't have done anything about it. There was nothing I could have do. And this guy comes up and he's like, Hey man, are you okay? And I just looked like a, like a, cause I don't have my race bib on anymore. I like, I'm just some guy sitting in a parking lot looking nauseous. Like, I don't know if he thought it was a drug thing or I was like, yeah, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I just, I was just running. He's like, okay. Like anyway, so he, he very kind. He checked on me, but he didn't, I don't think he wanted to get too involved. So I sat there for like another half an hour before I got my car. Hmm. I was like, oh, I'm just going to sleep here for a minute and then I'm going to drive away. And my wife calls me up again. She's like, it's been like an hour and a half now since I finished the race. She's like, are you, all, do you want me to come get you? Cause it's like 30 minutes from our house. No, 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 I'm fine, babe. And so I was like, I'm just going to sleep here for a minute. Well, then I see the, 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 I don't know, the four strangers, this parking lot that I'm in has chains. And I was like, they're closing the parking lot down. It's dark now. Like I got to get out of here. I'm going to be stuck here all night long. <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, I got to go. So I'm going to go drive to a, parking lot and like a there's a target chick-fil-a where i can you know, sleep for a minute and then get something to eat so i drive away and as i'm driving chick-fil-a is like you know 15 minutes away from where the race was as i'm driving i can feel in my stomach i'm like oh man i am going to throw up like it's gonna happen so i pull off and just, i just pull off of the next side street and it's like this residential area and i pull in front of some poor guy's house and i'm like i don't know this guy but i'm gonna throw up in his gutter <laughs> and I was like, this is what it's come to. Like, this is what I started out this morning. Like, I'm going to run a race. Like, wow, take that COVID. We'll show you. Like, I'm going to run. Yay. I feel healthy. And I'm going to, I'm going to finish my day on my hands and knees in some stranger's gutter, emptying my stomach. And I ended up, I didn't like, I parked there. I reclined my seat back and I just chilled for like 45 minutes. By this point, my wife is like, like I'm going to just, I'm going to send someone up there for you. Like, <laughs> she keeps she keeps calling she's concerned you know but anyway so i finally slept it off and like probably like two hours later i got something to eat and i was driving on my way home but that was the uh, it wasn't pretty but i finished my race so good time <laughs> I, I i can relate to that i've done that too many times and talked about it every time on this show Man, yeah, just sitting there, just waiting for it to pass, and then, and then, then yeah, driving to drive home, feeling like that is so bad. The thing about for you, the thing about runs like this, and it's it's the same with World Stoppers Motor and other like any hard hard race is while you're doing it. At least for me, I, I'm always talking to myself like, why am I doing this? Yeah. I don't have to prove. I don't know any of these people. Like, I don't have to prove anything to anyone. What, what's the point of this? Like, why did I even sign up? I hate this. What am I doing this to myself? And I feel bad for a day after I run. And then literally like the day after that, I'm on, you know, I'm like, when's the next race? <laughs> right. I already signed up for my next one. It's in, uh, it's in May. So anyway, that's another 50 K yeah. or another ultra like, <sighs> so it's a, a hundred, trail race in general. it's a hundred miler. So oh. it's, I haven't, I haven't DNF'd a race yet. Um, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't cr- I haven't finished some races, but I haven't technically DNF'd yet. So I was like, this one could probably do it. <laughs> so in May? yeah, see, see how far um, yeah Memorial Day weekend. April May. I got oh, like towards the end of May. Yeah, it's so, like March tw- May twenty ninth, I think. So yeah. we'll see. It's on a it's a months to, 
to train for it. Yeah. So I just got to step up my mileage and uh, we'll see what happens. It'll be fun. I'm going to run yeah. with a friend of mine, a guy. Our kids, the kids are in school together. So we'll, uh, nice. we'll see what happens. Crazy, man. Yeah. You know, you always talk about in, in World's Toughest Podcast that you, you just got to just got to sign up and then and then get ready for it. And I feel like a hundred milers are something that I know, you know, it's pretty serious to run a hundred miles. So like we've, how many times Anna, have we talked about this? Yep. I want to do that, but I want to prepare for it first, but yeah, maybe eventually we just have to say, screw it and do it. I'm giving yeah. myself until at least December. So <laughs> yeah. And I, I did that too. I did that for years with World's Toughest Mudder. I was like, I'm going to do the race. Oh, no, I'm absolutely going to. Not this year, but next year. Like I, yeah. told, I did that like three years in a row. Not this year, next year. And yeah. it never happened. And finally, it was, you know, World's Toughest was always in November. And at the time, the first Tough Mudder of the year was usually, in Southern California, it was usually like late March, early April. And finally, I just, I did it. And I, I ran it like, you know, late March. And I was like, you know what? This is the year. I'm signing up. We'll figure it out when we get there. So, yeah, commit before you're ready, then get ready. It's good advice. I uh, I do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to try to find, like, if I ever do a 100-miler, I'd like it to be one where you go, like, not just a loop a bunch of times. I want to do, like, a point-to-finish 100-miler. That'd be so cool. Point-to-point. So those are yeah. those are hard. I think, well, like I know what I'm talking about. I think those are harder to find because they take more <laughs> For sure. support and more logistics. The one I'm doing is it is a loop. Um, it's on a it's on a guy's property about an hour from where I'm in, an hour and a half, Southern California, because because there's like a lot, a lot, you know, everything's contained and it's like there's one pit area usually, and all the spect I don't know if they're gonna spectators or not because of COVID, but anyway. So it is they have a loop format race. It's a loop format. It's uh, there's like a six hour, twelve hour, twenty four hour, and hundred mile option. So you have 30 hours to do the 100 miles. If you do it in 24 hours, you get a special belt buckle. So I'm thinking I might How have my kids. It's a mile. And it's like a flat course. Like, oh, wow. Well. Like if you, Jason, like Anna, if you want to do 100 miles, come out. It's, uh, <laughs> it's called the Nanny Goat 100 mile or Nanny Goat 24, whatever. It's called the Nanny Goat race. I don't know what it's called that. But like wow. all the conditions, like I don't think there's a such thing as an easy 100 miler. There shouldn't <laughs> right. be, right? But I, I think this is the close, like, if you want to, like, get the conditions in your favor, you know, you're in Southern California. It's a flat course. It's, so suppose, I haven't seen it. It's supposedly a wide trail. It's grass and trail. It's not pavement. Uh, anyway, if you want to take a shot, you got three months. Come on up. Interesting. Yeah. That sounds like the one. That's crazy. Just do a mile at a time. That seems yeah, it like, it like would a draw it out. It's almost like a treadmill, right? Like that's maybe right. maybe a mile isn't the perfect. Maybe that's too short. Maybe you want like two and a half miles. Maybe that's the I don't know. But whatever, it is what it is. I gotta. I feel like the five mile format is pretty pretty good. Like it's just far enough to get like I'm ready to get back in the pit by the end of it, and then you get there and you get out and you're fresh again. You know, fresh, but. <laughs> and also yeah with one mile it's like you can't you shouldn't even stop every time right is if you stop yeah. if you stay for a minute that's you know that's at, uh, an hour and 40 minutes by the end of the race so yeah yeah you gotta skip some yeah uh, i guess you could i guess pets. you could um i guess plan out your nutrition and your hydration that way as if you were doing five miles at a time you know you can even yeah. plan on that like some people do that with world's toughest like they skip the first yeah. area they just do 10 miles and then Mm-hmm. You know, then the, maybe do every other after that and 
Um, it's tough near the end, obviously, but that's a good yeah. point. Yeah. Huh. I'm intrigued. Cool. Yeah. Well, good job. Now. <laughs> <laughs> good job doing it and uh, making it through. How how long you said you ate uh, a bunch at the beginning and you felt rough from that. When did it really all catch up to you? You got ner- nauseous at the end. When did it really catch up to you? You know, I didn't. It was 30 miles, 31 miles. I didn't really hit a wall. I think I ran probably most of the first 20 miles. And then after that, it was like walk, run, you know, walk up the hills, jog down the hills. And then the flats, like, run, mo- you try and run most of them. And, but when you can, you, anyway. Yeah. I, I really, really, I didn't feel, I felt okay. I felt fine until that mile 30 point. Like I probably could have done, I'm not fast, but I probably could have done another lap. Like I could have done, you know, ex- until I hit that mile 30 point. And it was just, man, it was just death. That's and good again, though. I mean, at least you weren't running like that for 10 miles. Yeah, I'm lucky. It, or I'm fortunate that it uh, it didn't hit me earlier. I think it, a lot of it was weather? dehydration. How, oh, yeah, was I was going to say, how, how was the weather that you were cramping like that? It was though? perfect. It was perfect. I see, I see you have oh. snow behind you there, Anna. We, yeah. it's, you know, it was... <laughs> 68 degrees in San Diego. Like what you can't complain about oh, it. It's, there was a lot of sun. There was no, there wasn't a lot of shade. So yeah, we all wore not all well, of us. I had a buff that, uh, you know, you wear around your neck and you had to pull it up, pull it over your nose when you come up to an aid station. And that was actually really good because it covered my neck, the back of my neck. So it kept prevented some sunburn. I had some, you know, my cheeks were kind of sunburned. I wore a hat. Um, I put some luck on before the race, but and, and this is something I don't think about for World Toughest Motor because we're wearing wetsuits the whole time. But sunburn's yeah. a real thing, and uh, yep. especially when you're just in shorts and a t-shirt, you know, you gotta. That's something to be aware of for trail running. That uh, coming from OCR, coming from you know, 24-hour races with wetsuits that you don't. I don't know. I didn't always think about. Yeah, and you, and you said the weather was nice. What is what is to you the nicest running temperature? You know, I had a roommate when I was. He told me he said the best weather to run in is below freezing because you can't sweat. And that is a lie because <laughs> you absolutely can sweat. <laughs> and I, I was like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. All right. Yeah. Okay. No, <laughs> so, no cause he, you know what just happens is the snot and the sweat freezes to your face. Yeah. <laughs> like your eyelashes will like stick yeah. to each other. And <laughs> no, the I mean the best weather is where it's just a little bit colder than you want when you step outside where you where you have to think like oh should I get a jacket and you leave the jacket and you're happy you know five minutes later you're happy you left it so I don't know what temperature that is like it's probably different depending on where you're like for, it's different for Anna today than it is for me today so <laughs> all right well you know it's we had our I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> we had our uh, event self imposed event where we went to Arkansas and the weather was. Probably about it, it was gotten to uh, mid thirties during the night, but it was by the time we started running each morning, it was already probably mid forties, and then you know midday uh, or late in the afternoon, it was up in the sixties. So it really was kind of like that perfect running temperature, um, you know, with the swing, you know, for all day. You, you can't really get much better than that. So we went to uh, a place in Arkansas called Eagle Rock Loop. And it was me and two buddies, uh, Josh McCarty and Kevin Harkins, who ran the 50-miler that we did from Fort Worth to Dallas. And uh, we decided to break it up into two sections because it's a 
they say it's like 26 miles. Um, I think it's a little, it's a little more. Plus where we parked, there's an extra like mile worth of trail that we did. So technically, um, you know, it should have been 28 miles, but it, my watch ended up showing like 34 miles for the whole thing. And that's, I'll explain why in a moment, but we went, um, and we had, so we were like, let's go and camp out halfway through and then run the rest of the next day. So it'd be two, you know, sections of 15 miles. And so, uh, thankfully, uh, my brother-in-law, he likes camping too, but he doesn't do the running. So he, he, I invited him and he said, yeah, I'll come. I got some buddies that'll come and we'll have the camp set up and ready to go when y'all get there. And then, you know, we'll take care of like bringing your gear in and all that stuff. It was like, awesome. That's perfect. So we kind of had a crew in a way. And so we went, um, Friday night and went to our parking spot and then hiked, I don't know, a 10th of a mile into the trail and found a gorgeous, uh, little campsite. Um, they already had a, a, a fire pit, a rock, you know, ring of rocks and it was like right at the junction of two little creeks so we just had water rushing you know running water next to us all all night uh, which is beautiful to sleep next to and uh so we camped out there that first night got ready in the morning and then got on the trail and ran for you know about five and a half hours i think it was and that first day is rough because the direction we went if anybody ever sees eagle rock loop it's uh, kind of like a big rectangle almost. And the first, uh, the left side, the west side is like three or four mountain crossings. So we did, I think, four and a half thousand feet of gain in that first day. Um, so it was, it was, it was rough. And I definitely hadn't been training hills, that's for sure. But uh, it was really pretty. Uh, I brought my GoPro and filmed a bunch. How did it feel starting well, the second day? Like, well, you know, we got through the first day and I was pretty whipped by the end. And, it, you know, you kind of get to that point where it's like, I know the finishes line is coming and you kind of stop taking care of yourself. And I probably didn't eat enough. So I was really hungry by the end and, um, you know, getting worried that I was going to get sick or something. And but I so I felt really rough. My legs felt whipped. I was like kind of like tiptoeing around because my feet were sore. Um, but the next morning, once we got up, we actually ended up having a. Um, uh, a warm up, so to speak. So it, it actually wasn't that bad. Um, you know, legs were still tired, but it wasn't uh, wasn't as bad as you'd expect, I guess. When I started the first time, I did a Saturday Sunday of Tough Mudder. Like you run Saturday, you do maybe do two laps on Saturday, and then you come back the next day Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Getting out of bed, like the, <laughs> the it's so much hard. Like obviously, it's going to be harder, you know, the second day than the first day, right? But it's so much harder than you think because you're so sore from the Tough Mudder on Saturday. The second day is always worse, way worse. Yeah. And I know I've heard of uh, pros training in that fashion. So you'll you'll do, you know, a long run one day and then do maybe lesser mileage on the following day. That helps build up that like I'm my legs are tired, but I'm used to it kind of thing. Um, Because obviously in ultra distances, you're going to hit that point where your legs are tired anyway but you just got to keep going so so i think it's a good good way to train but so we um so we got to camp and the camp was two miles past where uh my my brother-in-law and his buddies parked so we ran past that parking lot to our camp and we actually caught them along the way and they were like oh we're going to get y'all's bags and it's like oh awesome um 
I was tired enough that I wasn't like, let me go back and get it myself instead. I just let them go do it. And they were, you know, nice enough to do so. But the next morning I was like, I'm not going to make them hike our stuff and their stuff back out. So we'll take our bags back to the car and then run back to camp and get some breakfast. So that added extra four miles right there. So we hiked, you know, which took us, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes, I guess. And then we ran back, which took 15, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Um, so yeah, extra four, extra four miles there. And then we ran the rest of it, which was, we were expecting another 13. And I think it ended up being like another, another 14 or so. The total for set this day two ended up being more than the day one, which I thought it was going to be less, but it's great trail out there. Very, very beautiful. You're running near, you're either running over some mountains or you're running near a river or a Creek. And you know, where we're even here in Dallas, you don't have like clear blue water. Um, but those, you know, even though it's Arkansas, the mountains, the, the water through there is gorgeous. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to like the Buffalo river or anything, but it gets, it gets pretty clear and blue over there. What was the total Beautiful mileage trail. between the two days? My watch said 34. Nice. Yeah. So like I said, I expected it to be more like even with the added four miles, 32. So I don't know where the extra came from, but you know how it goes. Your watch is <laughs> tracking you all the time. And y'all so. like through camps all the way, like through the loop. Basically. Yeah, so we parked we parked in one spot, yeah. ran 15 miles, camped there, and then ran the rest of it back to the car. Nice. Do you hear about those guys that do those long trails? Like, I mean, the Appalachian Trail is the most famous one, but like they just you know start at one end and run. They can hike it or they can run it. There's people that just run it. And like that's their yeah. deal. Well, they'll, they'll do it once a year, once every couple of years. Before I got into uh, exercising, I like camping and hiking. So. You know, before I realized I could run that distance, I liked hiking. And that kind of stuff sounds like a, a blast, you know, to either do the Appalachian Trail or the, what's the trail, you know, the coastal trail in, uh, uh, not coastal, but yeah. Or the John Muir Trail. Yeah, one of those would be so awesome to do. But I was thinking about it on this one because, you know, you're seeing a lot of hikers out. And I, I think I enjoyed running it more than hiking. Carrying a big bag is... I don't know. It's not it's not as fun as running and, and like bombing down hills and stuff. Yeah, some that of, just doesn't sound as fun to me. <laughs> some of those guys, they like mail themselves packages and they yeah. like pick them up yeah. like along the route. And yeah. I was I used to be in Boy Scouts and my Scoutmaster is always like, yeah, those are the guys who are like cutting the handle off their toothbrush to I was like, <laughs> OK, so it's, it's the same way. I was like, first of all, how do you brush your teeth with just the end? Second of all, I don't think those guys are brushing their teeth. So why don't you just leave the whole thing at home? I don't believe you, Scoutmaster. <laughs> well, I do brush my teeth when I hike. Um, but you get a little travel toothbrush where it like folds up into itself. It's like a, you pull it out and you stick the other end. Now I know what a travel candle. toothbrush is. Alex Walker told me she flosses her teeth between laps at World's Toughest Mudder. And I was like, no, no one's doing that. She's like, I am. I was like, I don't believe you. I that believe it because she's like a dental... She's a dental hygienist, I think. <laughs> so I believe it. <laughs> After every meal, I guess, if you're eating in the pit. Yeah. That's dedication right there. There's a there's a movie with Reese, Reese Witherspoon where she does one of the, like the PTC or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. but it's, Legally it's Blonde, good. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was Legally Blonde too. <laughs> She's like, I'm done with 
lawyering. I'm going to go hiking <laughs> for a while. <laughs> no, actually, one of my friends is going to go for the FKT in, uh, in, on one of those trails in Arkansas. And I can't remember which trail it is now, but she's getting ready mm. to do that. So. Oh, yeah. We were looking at that. And I think it was like the the record was like under five hours, like 445 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. That is crazy. But we may go back again one day and, and try to do the whole thing in one day. It'd be fun. But yeah, it was a good trip. Uh, I made a video with my GoPro footage. It's like, I don't know, five minutes or something uh, with a little music to it. Um, and then my buddy Kevin, he actually filmed a bunch with his phone and kind of like talked about what we were doing and where, where we had been and stuff. So he posted his today. Um, so if you go on to my Facebook page, like my personal one, you can see that one too and see kind of, it's like 15 minutes long where he's like kind of documenting the whole thing. So it's more a little more documentary style, but it's great stuff. Um, you know, that was just another, like after the 50 miler that we did because COVID was happening and no races were happening. I was like, before we even finished the 50, I was like, I'm going to plan something else out. And I got, and this is, and that's what it was. So it was two, you know, two race, two events, two things that I did and, uh, without, any races and just playing them out and honestly planning them out. is kind of fun by itself. I'm not that much of a so, planner. <laughs> if you got no races, get out and you know yeah. find your own adventure. It's, you know, and it's so good. The races are coming back now. We're talking in, you know, yeah. early, mid March. Uh, yeah. Spartans already had their first race back. Savage just had their first race back. I was looking at the calendar this morning, like the back half of the year for Spartan is just loaded with races. They're, they've got probably, like 13 or 14 in October. They have half a dozen in September. They have eight in July, eight, eight or nine in June. It's slow through April, May, but starting in June, like they've got races almost every weekend for the rest of the year. Yeah. And you got to go to the the Jacksonville race. Yeah. You want to know how much elevation gain I got out of that trip? Negatives, somehow yeah. negative something. No, I went up in the plane, so you know. <laughs> but no, it was it, it was really cool. It was actually just like really nice being at a race venue again, and um, that was probably like the one thing I most enjoyed from that weekend. Other than being able to wake up on race morning and like being super chill, not having to like worry about what I'm eating, what I'm wearing, like. Am I going to be late to the venue? <laughs> like super laid back, super chill. Like one of the best race mornings I think I've had in a really long time. Um, you know, that, that reminds me like getting into being competitive and everything and then not doing it is, it is a nice relief and uh, makes you appreciate, um, I, I guess when you don't have to. Yeah. Like when I ran, uh, the last race I did, there was a 22 miler and my friend did 67. I just did the 22 and just like hung out with him all day. So I haven't really done a lot of pitting myself. So it was cool to just mm-hmm. be like chilled and relaxed and you don't have to, you know, no pressure and all that. Yeah. So zero that's pretty pressure. cool. Yeah, zero yeah. pressure. The best feeling is it's different than that. The best feeling is when you have an early race, like you run the first wave and uh-huh. you do your race and you're done and you're in your car and you're driving away. <laughs> And there's people walking up oh, God. to oh, go, true. and they yeah. haven't done their race yet. And you're already done, and you're in the, your shoes are off. You're wearing your medal. You got your headband on. Like <laughs> that to me is like I'm like oh yeah, I'm going to In and Out. You guys are, have fun. I love you know that the feeling. first, like the first 
two, three years of racing, that's what we did. It was, you know, start at 12 o'clock, get the, get the late afternoon heat because it's cheaper. And then, this, like, the moment we started doing the earlier races and then doing competitive, and it's like, I am never not doing competitive ever again. <laughs> it's those real close-up parking spots, man. They will spoil you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, what was really cool was, so I got into Jacksonville the day before, um, and met up with Jack and Aaron and went to go eat dinner. And then, um, I guess like the area around the area that it was held, it was a pretty small area of town. So there was like one town center with most of the, most of the shopping centers, restaurants and stuff. So we went to go eat dinner and we ran into VJ and Leon and got to have dinner with them. And that was, that was actually really awesome because we got to hang out with them a lot and then got to hang out with them at the venue quite a bit. So that was a really cool experience. Um, Yeah. Leon, like it was super interesting talking to him because like you get a different perspective of like OCR from a European coming to the United States to come to an OCR. Yeah. Where's he from? He is from Denmark and right. um, he's like the European OCR world champ or something like that. And um, uh, yeah, they're just, you know, it, it's a, it's a very different culture surrounding um, the sport of OCR over there. And he was kind of talking to us about that, like how the fans just treat it differently. Like here are the fans um, of the sport, you know, are kind of just like you and me, like we all run together. We all do the same course. We all, run the same courses and everything else. And, um, but over there it's like, they're regarded like they're pro athletes, like they're legit pro athletes. So we were, we were kind of joking around with him about how he's going to go back to Denmark and he's going to be like the shack of OCR. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it was really cool. And, um, yeah, I kind of got like the vibe of the race day jitters. Maybe they didn't have race day jitters, you know, for the next day, but, um, yeah, it, I mean, they were like super prepared and super pumped just to be racing again. So it was nice yeah. just to be in that mix again, you know. How much of the course did you get to go out on? <laughs> so whenever whenever I was out there, um, as soon as the racers took off for the men's elite race, they were coming through the, the obstacles kind of close to the spectators um, area which they had like the A-frame, the Hercoise, the spear throw. And then if they failed the spear, they had a little bit of the penalty loop for the spear. And then they took off onto the course. Well, as soon as like the top three guys were coming through those, those uh, three obstacles, like maybe not five minutes later, here comes Nicole Miracle just (laughs) running through the obstacles. And, you know, I was, I was hanging out with Chris Mendoza too. And he was trying to hobble around on his crutches. <laughs> I knew you had that queued up. Anyway, he was uh, hobbling around on his crutches, trying to hit, and he was like, oh, you know, the women are coming through, but it wasn't women, plural. It was just Nicole coming through. <laughs> and, you know, as she was finishing those obstacles, then the rest of the women's field was kind of starting to come in behind her. But then, like, as soon as, those top women were coming through those obstacles. Like the men on the other side of the, of the venue were finishing. I'm like, Holy crap. Like, yeah, it was. And I kept, I kept saying like, that was a super fast course. But then of course, you know, the athletes had other things to say about the course being sloppy and nasty and (laughs) gross, but 
it was you know that might have been a fast course. course but nicole miracle is a fast athlete like yeah <laughs> she, i i will never bet against lindsey webster but oh, no. i cannot wait to see nicole versus lindsey this year it's gonna be yeah the best show in ocr for the next couple of years i think <laughs> yeah that's exactly what i was thinking whenever i was there i was like man and you know, you hate to you hate to say things like that because you don't want to take away anything from Nicole's win. But like, I really wish Lindsay had been there just to see that battle because it, it definitely would have been because, you know, Lindsay's kind of known for being able to perform on that nasty terrain. Uh, and I think Nicole's just like sharpened that so much. And that would that just would have been really incredible to see. Nicole's beaten her. Nicole beat her last year a couple times in big races. Yeah. So, and mm-hmm. you know, generally when you see a flat course like that and it's, you think that's if Nicole has a, like that's Nicole's strength. She was, I don't know if you were to put the two of them side by side on a flat course with no obstacles, who the faster runner is. I would guess it's Nicole. Right. And then it's always been like, if it's, if it's, ele- if there's elevation, if it's really long, if it's really hard obstacles, then the edge goes to Lindsay. And that's how most of our courses tend to be. Right. So that's why Lindsay, but I don't know, like Lindsay is fast and Nicole's getting stronger. So it's, it's literally like, I cannot wait to see them head to head this year. Yeah. yeah it'll be interesting sure. to see, especially since the, the, um, courses now moving forward in the U S national series are longer races. Like this was, this was probably like what the only sprint Shortest of the one. series. Yep. So well, big bear is going to be a sprint also if, Oh yeah. If slash when it happens, oh, yeah. hopefully in May. Hmm. I'm not as familiar yeah. with that course if that has any climbing or not, but Big Bear, I haven't run it, but Big Bear is a ski town. Like it's mm. it's all mountains. So I would imagine I don't think there's any flat terrain up there. So Yeah, probably. Yeah, Spartan had their coverage of uh Jacksonville that they put out like, you know, a couple hours after it was uh after the race happened. And it was pretty good. You know, there wasn't a lot of post production, but they got it up and and that venue is notorious for having really bad cell signal. So even if they wanted to do a live coverage, they probably wouldn't have been able to, as uh, we saw and pretty much anybody that's in even last year or two, two. Yeah, last year, because uh, that was like the only race they had last year, just about. So it's just bad venue for it. Yeah. But they got that out. It's pretty good. Um, Self-service is deceptively good. Because I got to the venue and I had two bars on my Verizon thing. And I was like, oh, sweet. I'm good. This is like three more bars than I've got at my house. <laughs> so <laughs> once I started, like that's whenever my battery started draining. And yeah. it was it was just terrible. <laughs> Anna, that's the... Uh, Savage just happened. Goodwill. No, I was just going to say, Anna, that's the first thing you check when you're buying a house is you pull out your cell phone and you see like, can I get a call here? <laughs> But I saw the mountains. Yes, <laughs> mountains are pretty, I'm sure. <laughs> Savage just had their uh, race this past weekend, and um, ORM had their live coverage that went pretty well. It was actually uh, Sam and Lloyd from Savage doing the footage, which they've always done, um, you know, live footage of their races. They're just running around in there uh, with not even with a gimbal, just with, you know, holding their phone. Um, in their little, uh, carts, um, ATVs and stuff. And so they, it looks like they got them to film for like, Matt wasn't there, but they still were able to do the the coverage, which was, which was pretty cool. So, you know, we're trying to do that. They're doing that. Um, Spartans doing their thing. So we're just getting overall, we're getting more coverage of races, I think. And, uh, you know, that's a good thing. So. Yeah. And I think, Will, you had mentioned cool. in one of your episodes that, uh, 
the trade-off there for Spartans coverage was that there wasn't any commentary, but yeah. the viewers for this race, for the race coverage, are mostly Spartan racers. So I, I think the people, the guys like you and me who we enjoy running races and we enjoy watching races, I think we're going to watch it no matter what, right? The people like yeah. you know, my dad or your aunt Karen, they're, they want the production value. And right. for them, a better show, honestly, is the Spartan games. Like that's, it's got yeah. some drama that's, you know, interesting to people who may not be like super hardcore fans, but it's got like the race element too. It's got the, the Spartan cross. It's got the wrestling. It's got the, you know, um, guys mad about the mountain biking course. It's, it's as far as a TV show, that's probably a better show, right? I mean, oh, yeah, 100%. but, but for the race, like I'm just happy to get the race as soon as possible. That's all I care about. So no, I yeah. think I think it's I think Spartans made a good decision there, and I'm sure I'm sure they sat down and they had to talk about it. They're like, you know, we could bring in David Magida and we could you know have the whole the whole enchilada thing, or we could just get it out there and let them watch the race. I bet you the numbers are very similar. They might be a little bit lower with no mm-hmm. production, but I bet you they're very similar. And for like the cost benefit analysis that they're doing that, right? I think they're probably happy with what True. they do. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be looking like I'm going to be at San Antonio this weekend, which obviously isn't a national series race or anything, but I'm going to, you know, do test my setup and see if we can actually get a, a legit broadcast with, uh, you know, hopefully the cell signals decent and, uh, we'll see if our, how our setup's looking so that we can get rolling with that. So that'll be on OCR talk YouTube page. So look out for that guys. Any, any last thoughts on, uh, 50ks and Spartan. I would just man, I would just tell people like if you don't have a race in your area for a while, um, or if you're nervous about too many people, like find a trail race. It's not it's not OCR yeah. and it's not the same thing, but it's it will help your OCR game once you uh, get back to a live race. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. That's what I've been doing, looking up the local races. <laughs> and it's fun to too. To. It's like a different community. Yeah. It's way more relaxed. It's way less intense. Like totally. when you, when you, when you walk up to the, there's, uh, there's none of the, pre, I mean, there is some pre-race jitters cause it's probably longer distance than you're used to maybe, but there's none of the like, Oh, uh, I don't know. It's a totally different experience, <laughs> but it's totally familiar at the same time. It's, it's, yeah, I highly recommend yeah. it. Yeah. And buffets. Yeah. Take <laughs> it easy. Like buffets. if you're going to hit the buffet, <laughs> like wait to the last aid station, like they'll have the stuff at the last time. Just take it easy for the first, you know, several. <laughs> Uh, Sid, we'll reach out to you for your can of formally. I'm not even sure if he's ever used it before. I don't know, Might but be it, would, first time. it would be pretty scary. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's gonna he'll he'll take a can and then he'll he'll build another race series. I'll, I'll tell Matt to send him the caffeine free version. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, Will, thanks so much for joining us and sharing your race with us. My pleasure. Thanks for having it. me. You're welcome. Any last thoughts, you guys? We will call it here. I don't, I don't think I got anything else. No. Nope. Sweet. All right. Y'all take care and uh, see you next time for, I don't know what. Who knows? Who knows when we'll record it? <laughs> It'll be a surprise. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys.
Declan, you want to say hello? No. Bye.